Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Sure IDC podcast, the show about anything and everything. This is Lucas, and let's see what topic we can get into today. We talk about movies, songs, video games, board games, food, books, personality traits, animals, history, anything and everything you can think of. So sit back, relax, because we are just here to have a good time. It has been a while since we've done an episode over a musical review. What a more fitting way to get back into it by talking about the musical Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Whether you want to visit London, you like pies, or need a quick old-fashioned shave, you will enjoy this musical so much. Today we're diving deep into the story, the characters, the music, and the design of the show. To have this conversation with me today, he is back, he is brilliant, and he always has an opinion on musicals, and that is... Lucas, how you doing today? I'm good, Lucas. How are you? I am doing great. Uh, thanks for being on the show. Yes, I love being back. I love how us sharing the same name is not confusing at all. Oh, no, not at all. Just an episode. I mean, we've done like five of these, so, you know, know. you know, I should really title them Musical Reviews with Lucas and Lucas. Well, why, yeah. did, why did I not think of that? <laughs> Just now thought of that, and we've done six of, of these. Um well, whatever. I'm not changing it now. So, um, of course, it's nice to have you back on the show. I'm pretty sure last time we talked about, gosh, what was it, Cinderella? Was that the last That's time you were on? That's the one I remember. Yeah, I like, think that was I the last time you were on. That's the one we talked about, but that's the one that, like, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've done Love Never Dies. We've done Oklahoma. We've done... Mm. Cinderella. What's the first one we did? We did Phantom itself, didn't we? I don't think we ever did Phantom. I think we did the first no, we musical review we did was Love Never Dies. Yeah, we did Love Never Dies. Yeah. And then, uh, gosh, what? Cats. Oh yes, we did. Ca- how how could I forget Cats? Jonathan would be so sad. Jonathan would be so mad at me that I forgot. Um, yeah, we did Cats. Um, gosh, I feel like I'm missing one. Why do I feel like I'm missing one? I can't think of it. I mean, we did. Okay, I'm going I'm going back through the through the Oh, Wicked. Wicked. Yes. How can we forget Wicked? Wicked. Let's see. Electronic. Love never dies. Oklahoma. Uh Wicked. Um and Cats. And did we nail all of them? We I think we got all of them. Cinderella. And now, the Ballad of Sweeney Todd. All right. Yep. So, what is your, what is your just basic opinion of this show in particular? It is, uh, it is so many things. It's hard to put into like a phrase or one word that makes sense. It. This show to me is genius. But disturbing. <laughs> and, um, genius, disturbing, but just so, just pure creative genius, I guess, is the thing that I could say about it. Because, like, the top, and we'll get into the plot and everything, but the way they present some very deep topics in a very, like, 
scary tone, scary story that yet is humorous and actually makes me laugh quite a bit. Oh, oh, um, and then, of course, Sondheim's music is genius. It's just, it's just to me, it's pure creative genius. It's something you wouldn't think that would work on stage. Mm. And I know we'll get into history of the show, but like putting this on stage, it's like musicals are all romantic and it's Oklahoma. Everyone has a happy ending and everything, mm -hmm. blah, 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 you know, like, and then you have Sweeney Todd. Oh, it's about a barber who murders people and then people eat them as pies. Like, <laughs> yeah. When you say it, you sound crazy. Yeah. I think that you just uh, came up with their new slogan. They should put it on the poster. Or maybe like, yeah. you know, critics are raving about Sweeney Todd. It's genius, but disturbing. <laughs> yes. Genius, but disturbing. So um, I, you know me, I watch the Tony Awards. I'm a, I'm a major theater buff. Mm -hmm. um, they did a performance of the show on the Tony Awards. And I'm watching the Tony Awards with my sister, who's not a theater person, um, and my mom, who's also not really much a theater person. They just are humoring me. And this performance come on. And they're like, oh, this show seems kind of mysterious and dark. And, like, like it seems really cool, no though. There's Josh Groban, because it's the revival. Yeah. And they're like, oh, like, what's this show about? <laughs> You're like, you and have no idea. <laughs> and I go, well, <laughs> I never thought it would be really that hard to explain this show, but it kind of is. Yeah. And I'm like, it's about a barber who kills, like I said earlier, it's about a barber who kills people and he murders them and then they get turned into pies and then the people eat the pies and it's the circle of life, Akuna Matata. And <laughs> that's, and they just, they're like, what? And I'm like, well, there's more to it than that. Like, just a little bit. Well, yes, like <laughs> a little bit because then, like, that's the overall, like, shock factor of the show but yeah. then it's like why is he killing people like is he just an evil person or is there a reason and like as like and i'm kind of getting into the plot um but first before i go there what do you think about this show lucas um i i i mean so have you ever seen this show like live i have not me neither um, I think it'd be very interesting to watch it live. Um, I feel like this is one of those shows where you have to be careful watching it live. Not necessarily, like, in a dangerous way, but, like, I feel like it could be really bad if you watch it live somewhere. But I also feel like it could be really good. I think you just have to be careful on what the type of uh, theater is. Um, if yeah. they want to be more experimental, it might be a little... I mean, because you can only go so crazy with yes. it. Um, um, so it's kind of interesting. Um, but no, I've never seen it live. I've only seen the movie version, uh, of course with Johnny Depp, but, uh, I mean, I think this is a musical that you should at least go and watch one time. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I think, I think you summed it up perfectly It's genius, but disturbing. The music's great. Character development's great. Um, just everything is just very genius in a sense. I mean, it's one of those musicals where you sit down and watch it and you're like, what am I watching? But yet you can't keep your eyes, like you can't turn your eyes away from it. 
and you know that everything that's going on is like wrong and just disgusting, but you're just like, oh, I enjoy the music. This song is kind of catchy. <laughs> so, so, so it's very. I think I I like it. I like the musical a lot. I enjoy it. Um, but I, I I could see how it couldn't be for everyone. So it is very darker and mysterious. Yes. My thing is like when you're trying like describing it to my family. That's when it kind of hit me. I was like. This show is actually really hard to describe to make it sound like, oh, this is really good. Because it sounds like I'm crazy for even liking it. Yeah. Because before they even asked me what it's about, I was like, oh, this show's so good. And they're like, what's it about? And I'm like, as I'm trying to explain it to you, I see their faces and I'm like, okay, I sound nuts. Yeah. Because I... Barber kills people, turns them into pies. It's hilarious and dark. <laughs> well, that's and that's kind of funny because when I was preparing for this episode, I was, you know, my girlfriend Ariel was in the room with me, and I just really wanted to bring up, you know what? We should watch this this movie that I'm doing to do this podcast over. And then I thought, you know what? Maybe another time. I'll bring it up later. <laughs> yeah. Just like it's like maybe, I mean, I don't think she would be really interested in it. I think there's definitely other musicals that I don't think she has seen that I want to introduce her to. Yeah. But uh, but I'm just like, yeah, this wouldn't be a bad one to to watch. I mean, I think I don't think I've watched it since high school or not high school, college. So yeah, college was the last time I watched it. Did we watch it together? Uh, Maybe we watched it together in college, but I did watch it at I watched it at my house with a friend during COVID. Oh, nice. So, but, social, um, social distancing, of course. Social distancing, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, this musical is about, I mean, pretty much the basics of what it's about is, you know, you said it multiple times, is a guy slits people's throats when they're getting a shave, um, and then their bodies are turned into meat pies. But it doesn't initially start into that, you know, it kind of evolves into that, um, yeah. you know. I think, it correct me if I'm wrong with kind of the sharing of the plot here, but you know, this guy, Sweeney Todd, he's been banished, I guess, from, you know, by a higher up in the community. Um, yeah, he was exiled by Judge Turpin. Yeah, and, but this Judge Turpin's kind of a bad man, and he, he mm-hmm. abused and, you know, assaulted uh, Sweeney Todd's wife, and, you know, pretty much drove her mad until she died, and he had a kid with her, or was it his kid, or was it Sweeney's kid? It was actually Sweeney's kid. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, yeah. It was yeah. Sweeney's kid, and so finally he comes back, and he's his sole focus is killing this judge. And he's like, well... Yeah, yeah, vengeance. Vengeance and revenge. And, and so his idea was to get him in a chair because he was a barber, to get him in the chair and then, you know... Tell him who he was and slice his throat and kill him and whatever. That's that's the only purpose. That's the whole thing. His whole goal at the beginning. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure for the first act of the show, and yeah. then uh, I think towards the end of Act One, uh, doesn't he like come in and the barber there, but he didn't do it, and so he's kind of angry with himself, and so he just starts killing random people to practice on them. Well, basically, yes. Basically, what happens is, like, he has his chance to kill the judge. He loses it for multiple reasons. Um, one was Miss Lovett unintentionally interfering because um, 
another guy who he's a smaller character, but he is still important in the plot, Pirelli. Um, mm-hmm. Another barber who actually Sweeney has a barber duel with. I don't know what you would call that. Like, But basically it's like a, a dance-off, but they're barbers. They're going to have a shave-off, which sounds really weird and really odd um, when you put it like that. But that's what they did. They're like, we're going to have a shave-off. And so... Long story short, Sweeney Todd wins. Um, Sweeney Todd's name is that actually Sweeney Todd. It's mm-hmm. what he calls himself now, but it's actually Benjamin Barker. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pirelli interrupts. He comes back later, and he has a little sidekick boy who's not that bright. Um, and he comes back later, and I'm making this muddled up, but basically what happens is he interrupts the judge being shaved, and that makes... Sweeney Todd Mad. We come to find out that Pirelli actually knows who Sweeney Todd is because he used to work for him and was kind of his assistant. Like he has an assistant now. He was um, Benjamin Barker slash Sweeney Todd's assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, Sweeney realizing that this guy could expose him to the judge kills him. Mm. Um, kills Pirelli. Yeah. Not knowing what to do with the body, Mrs. Lovett, who is another key character in the story. Um, because Sweeney barbers above, above her meat or pie meat shop. shop. Yeah. Meat pie shop. And then um, she was neighbors with Benjamin Barker back in the day. And um, he's very oddly kind to Sweeney. Um it's a time period, I guess I should say, where a lot, a lot of people are kind. It's times are hard, times are rough, etc. I mean, it's definitely um, like, what is it? It's like, gosh, I feel like it's more like Jack the Ripper yeah, era. Yeah, it's like a very gothic Victorian England. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like common, you know, yeah. uh, age or, uh, yeah. you know, present time. It's... It's supposed to be back in the future, or back in the past. Yeah. Back in the future, but gosh. Basic, back in the future, that's a back whole other thing. That's a whole other topic. They're <laughs> turning that into a musical, too. Oh, um, gosh, could you imagine? So, um, back to, um, back to the future. I'm getting no, back to, um... <laughs> Sweeney Todd. Miss Lovett and Sweeney. Um, Miss Lovett, because now this guy who was kind of blackmailing Sweeney is dead. They're like, what are we going to do with the body? Well, Miss Lovett proposes that... They use it for meat for the pies. Mm. And that's how they end Act 1, by being like like singing a song called The Little Priest, which is basically a very upbeat, fun song about all the different types of jobs men have that could be good for pies. <laughs> when you put it that way... That's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Act 2 is the pie shop is booming. Everyone loves Mrs. Lovett's meat pies. Mm. And um, they love them. And business is good for Sweeney as well, obviously. Um, They have this weird symbiotic relationship, and it's working for both of them. But Sweeney still wants the um, judge. Mm -hmm. And that's his ultimate goal. You know, you would think, I mean, I don't know if it ever brings it up in the show, I can't really remember specifically, but you would think that there would be, like, 
a talk around town about how people go get their shaves from Sweeney and then never are seen again. You'd think. <laughs> the suspension of disbelief. I must say, um, it must be a really big town. <laughs> yep. But, uh, but yeah, but so, so yeah. That happens. And then there's a whole nother character. It's weird because there's so many characters that intersect in this mm-hmm. and they're all connected and you almost like need to like draw a map. But like, then you have this character named Anthony um, who met Sweeney when they were both coming into London and Anthony goes his own way and Anthony meets this girl named Joanna. And Joanna is under the care of, you guessed it, Judge Turpin. And Judge Turpin is the guy who caused all the problems in the first place with Benjamin Barker slash Sweeney Todd. Um, Joanna, drawing another little imaginary dot here, is connected to Sweeney because that's his daughter. Yes, we never saw that coming. What? We said we never saw that coming. Never saw that coming. Um, And then... um, then there's this random character named Beetle Bamford, who's actually my favorite character in the whole story. And he's kind of this sidekick to the judge. And he's actually the whole reason the judge knows about Sweeney, because he witnesses the shave-off in Act 1. Mm. And recommends his... And recommends his... What am I saying? And recommends his... Um, <laughs> Sweeney's trade to the judge because he needs us to shave. But why does the judge need us to shave? For the very disgusting reason that he wants to woo Joanna, the girl who's supposed to be like his daughter. Ew. Exactly. Cue the ew. So that, yeah. So going back to Act 2, Anthony comes in and he wants to find a way to meet Joanna. Sweeney Todd realizes this is his daughter. And so he tries to help Anthony. Um, Anthony does good, almost gets Joanna. Long story short, a lot of different crazy plot lines happen. They try to sneak Joanna out. Um, different things. The judge, um, he, uh, how does he do it? He realizes he's on Anthony. Sweeney tries to use Anthony to get the judge in trouble. Um, Long story short, just chaos, a lot of manipulation on everyone's part. True. Um, what ends up happening at the very end, oh, and there's a whole other character I'm leaving out, there's the beggar woman. And the whole time there's this beggar woman observing all these events, who's out of her mind. Well, if you can follow this, God bless you, listeners. But <laughs> long story short, very long story short, they're all connected because... They end up, Joanna ends up escaping, Anthony ends up helping, but during all this, the judge ends up pursuing. They pursue them to Sweeney Todd's shop. Sweeney Todd ends up getting his vengeance on both the Beetle and the judge, kills them both. Um, Anthony and Joanna escape. This beggar woman, and I also am forgetting another character, the boy who helped Pirelli, mm-hmm. um, who helps Miss Lovett in her pie shop, they they end up kind of finding out about stuff. He ends up killing the beggar woman. And then the boy ends up going mad by seeing all the death and seeing everything and realizing that the pies are... Meat? Humans. Yeah. Humanity. 
Um, come to find out, all these people die. Um, Mrs. Lovett has been keeping a secret. What's Her secret, secret is... I didn't explain this. I didn't realize how complicated it was. <laughs> well, Her you're doing a fantastic is... job. Her secret is that... Well, it's not really a secret to us. We know she's kind of in love with Sweeney. Yeah. Benjamin Barker. But the beggar woman is actually Sweeney Todd's wife. Oh, yeah. What? Um, she was driven mad after the judge did everything he did to her and sent her husband away and took her daughter away. But Mrs. Lovett lied to Mr. Sweeney Todd and said that. I know. I don't know why I said that. But Mrs. Lovett lied to Sweeney and basically told him that she was dead. Now, according to Mrs. Lovett, it wasn't a lie because she's basically dead to the world because she's crazy and she's not herself. Yeah. She's no longer herself. Sweeney, realizing he killed the beggar woman, which is his wife, begs that he forgives Mrs. Lovett. Spoiler alert. Kills Mrs. Lovett by throwing her into the... Um, he doesn't sl- slaughter her throat. He throws her into the oven. Throws her into the oven, yep. And then while he is contemplating everything that he has done... The boy who has gone mad by seeing all the death and carnage and all that sneaks up behind Sweeney, Sweeney and slices his throat. And dies, except the boy. So. Wow. Yay. It's a wonderful, positive show about communication <laughs> and loving each other and, and honesty. <laughs> <laughs> And love, hey, uh, the lovers. Lorna and Anthony get a happy ending. Yeah, I want to say um, the lovers get a happy ending, of course. Yeah. After wow. witnessing a lot of death as well. Um, but yeah. So everyone's like, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, and the, and the whole town is now mortified that they ate human pies. Yes. So Does, does the town ever find out? I don't know. Probably not. I don't know. They never really opened that up. They're probably the like... Itself, let's talk about show structure and like staging and stuff like that, I guess. But the show itself is narrated by the ensemble. Mm-hmm. And it's like a cautionary tale of vengeance. And so every transition, it's almost operatic, the show is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a lot of just dialogue. There is, but there's not a lot of it. And every transition, everything is narrated and underscored by this beautifully haunting score that is just beautiful to listen to but also gives you chills for both positive and negative reasons. Um, And like I said, the ensembles are these narrators cautionary tale idea. Um, They just keep kind of it's almost as if you're watching this legend that's already happened, but you're watching it happen live in front of you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they're always like, beware the tale of Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, this is a myth. This is a legend. This is folklore. But, but yeah, I'm watching it right now. I'm watching it right now. Yeah. So it's like, you know you're watching a dark haunting tale. Like, even before the killing and the everything starts yeah um 
So the staging is actually quite brilliant. Every clip I've watched, um, I think, and I know we're going to get into this, but I think that's one thing I don't really care for about the movie is mm. the movie kind of takes away the ensemble's role. Yeah. Yeah. In telling the story. Yeah. And I think it makes it a whole lot more neato. Um, when, <laughs> neato. I know. Neato when the ensemble is like, hey, be careful your choices are following vengeance because this is what can happen. Yeah. Blind vengeance can lead to bad things for a bunch of people. Yeah. So, which is theme as well. I'm kind of jumping all over the podcast, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, it, it, that is definitely something that uh, is important, at least for the stage production of the, the, the ensemble narrating it. Because, I mean, that's the, that's the whole point of the ensemble in the show, because really, it could be done without an ensemble. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's really not an ensemble show outside from that. Yeah, yeah. Like, learn a few numbers, and obviously you have to have people to kill, but... Of course. <laughs> but that's always important. Um, yeah. But, um, other than that, like, yeah, it's just... I, I, I think it really makes the show. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I mean, the history of the show, I mean, it, it really hasn't been a long, around for that long. Um, you know, it was based off of a play uh, by Christopher Bond uh, called, it was pretty much called Sweeney Todd, and that was in, like, the 1970s. Yeah. Um, and then in 1979, uh, Hugh Wheeler, and then, of course, Stephen Sondheim, wrote the musical, and it opened on Broadway that year. So 1979, so that's, like... 40 years give or take uh 45 years um so it hasn't been around that long and then of course it opened up in west end the next year because it is it is a british themed uh show um but since that i mean since 1979 17 or uh, 1980 it's been on broadway west end um it's had so many revivals and broadway tours and just has kind of come back it also yeah. Yeah. It also was uh, an off Broadway, I think in like 2017 or something like that yeah. too. Um, but uh, but it's back currently. You already kind of mentioned it, you know, with the Tonys and everything. But it's back on Broadway for another revival, of course. With you know, you already mentioned Josh Groban, uh, Sweeney Todd. We'll talk more about that later towards the end of the podcast about kind of the performance now. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you already kind of mentioned it. Let's talk a little bit about the themes and designs and uh, kind of the staging and stuff like that. Cause that actually is really interesting to me and we can talk about that and then we can kind of move on to talk about the songs and we can kind of incorporate some songs in there as well, kind of in the conversation. So, I mean, it is dark. The, the oh, show yeah. is dark. Um, the set, you know, you would think could be very minuscule. I mean, maybe like a backdrop of London and then, like a chair <laughs> or, you know, a shop, you know, maybe some tables and stuff, but, uh, it doesn't really have to be too elaborate, but I guess it could be. I've seen clips that have made, went very simple with it. And then I've seen clips who make it deceptively simple, but there's a lot of detail there. Mm-hmm. Um, the original production 
everything was this very sepia lighted colored just kind of bleak design look to it like that was kind of their key word if you if when i look at pictures of the set when i look at videos of the original broadway production the word that comes to line the mind is bleak mm-hmm. because it just looks like all these people are at the end of the rope their costuming is very ragged it's rough times in london it's not times of plenty and wealth it's times of poverty and times of everyone's trying to make it but like the song worst pies in london tells us that story completely mm-hmm. like he talks about how she can't hardly make a living selling any pies and um the staging <laughs> in that song is brilliant because if you know song time music and i know you do lj yeah um but um if you know song time music it's very lyric oriented um the beats are so important mm-hmm and what I love about this show is the beats and the changes and the the hits and accents of notes from different instruments and the score are illustrated on stage. Yeah. Because when she's singing, it's one of my favorite. I, I show this clip to my students as a theater teacher when I'm talking about musical theater and using the music to help tell the story, not just singing the song, but using the music to help tell the story because Angela Lansbury, love her. Mm-hmm. Uh, may she rest in peace. Um, she played the original Mrs. Lovett. Mm-hmm. And she made this song very famous, Worst Pies in London. And every beat, every accent, everything, there was a movement. She had a um, she had a rolling pin because she's making pies. It's a bad, really bad pie shop. Yeah. And like she's beating the flower to the beats, like what I call beat enterprise beat, popping pussies in the prize beat beat. She's like hitting and flinching and moving to the music. Yeah. And it's beautifully staged. Like the music itself is almost a character in this show. And oh. that's just that's probably one of my favorite numbers, and of course by the sea is another great number. Um <laughs> but We'll get to that. Um, but there's a lot of good songs in the show, but the way that music is used, and it's it's very musical theater, but then it's operatic. Yeah. Because, like, Joanna is very much a quartet, and you have a bass, high tenor, and low tenor, and then lead, and they're singing all these different parts, and Joanna herself is a very high soprano. Um, yeah, and beautifully written, beautifully orchestrated. Um, the themes definitely, the haunting notes, the clashing chords in the music definitely portray that haunting essence of the story. Yeah, in there. But yet, like, I, this is crazy. But there are also moments in the show that are just so funny. Yeah. And that's what's so odd about it is you're just like I probably shouldn't be laughing at this. <laughs> but that's really hilarious. Yeah. And yeah, it's just like I said, genius. And um yeah, like I know I went on a rabbit hole there with the music, but it just Well no, I mean that the, the the music just like you said, you know, the music is very much a part of the show. Just like you said, it's a character almost. Um and the set I mean just the staging 
of it uh, is really important because um, I didn't want to bring this up yet, but I'm going to just for the sake of the point. But if you go to YouTube, if you did not watch the Tony Awards, um, you know, go and go and watch the specific performance of the of the Sweeney Todd that they did, and uh, you will know exactly what Lucas is saying because they're kind of the ensemble's kind of grouped up together and they're kind of in a weird formation, but they're moving very. Uh, uh, what's the word that I'm trying to find? They're moving together in a very synchronized way with the music. And it's it's looks really good. Really good. Um, but, you know, even with Sweeney and his songs and stuff, like, they're very angry. A lot of them are. But there's also, I don't know, just in the songs itself, you kind of have a lot of those switches. So you have him... You, hmm. it's kind of interesting because you you kind of see his range of emotions just in one song you know his yeah. anger his frustration his sadness his willingness his you know whatever um you kind of see that just throughout all the songs but like in every song so very much a part of the story and then mrs love is just fun but it's <laughs> Like it's fun in a place. weird way. <laughs> yes, and that's the thing. It's like it's out of place, but it isn't. Yeah. It's like this element of how is she being so positive in mm. all this darkness? Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the uh, yeah. I guess it's a theme of coping. Like everyone has different ways of coping. Some people brood, and some people make meat pies. Make some people make meat pies. <laughs> That's what I do. Um, <laughs> uh, what kind of meat? No, just kidding. Um, one of the things that, uh, at least aspect about this show, that people, I, I hope that people tend to think about when they do a live production of it, is A, how are you going to kill someone on stage without actually <laughs> killing them and then throwing their body down a shaft to make me pie. You're going, but I love the pause. <laughs> How are you going to kill someone? Not actually kill killing someone. someone. I mean like, you know, the the show itself, I don't think the show is too immensely gory. I think it could be. I mean, obviously this person is sl- slicing the throats of people. I have seen versions that do it very theatrically. And usually that involves like lighting, a red garment or a red ribbon. Oh yeah, in the outfit or something, and then the body sliding down the chute and going into the, um, obviously the platform backstage. Like depending on how they have the chair design, which is another neat thing. Like a lot of people build slides and yeah, well, it's just it is so funny. Versions where they've been like blood packets galore, like. You get some blood, and I get some blood, and we want blood everywhere, and you're sitting in the splatter zone, and yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. But I mean, someone... But I've watched a lot of videos, because, like you said, the killing always intrigued me. Not that way. (laughs) Not not in that way, for four... (laughs) The killing always intrigued me as a director, like, how do you do that on stage? In a performing way. Yes, in a performing way, and maintain... The integrity of the show without looking cheesy. Yeah. But without also looking too real. 
Yes. Because that can be bad too. Yeah. And well, because in reality, someone, a person, has to walk to that, walk to the chair. Yeah. Sweeney has to slit the throat and then dump the body. Yeah. And it has to. I mean, it can't just. It can't just be a fake person there anymore. Like the the yeah. the, the real person is still there. So. Most versions that I watch do this. It's, it's all, and it's all about staging and blocking. As they walk to the chair, they're facing the audience. Sweeney swivels the chair to face away from the audience, so that now uh... the character is facing away. He's singing with his body kind of at a um, 45 degree angle mm-hmm. where he's still looking out to the audience as if he's looking out the window in the distance. Because Joanna's the song where he kills the most people. It's a quartet. And he's singing his verse, slits the throat, but obviously he's slitting the throat, which is now facing away from the audience. So they don't have to see all the blood and everything. They can just see kind of the spurts and stuff like that. And yeah, I mean technically, in today's technology, you won't even need like fake blood or ribbon or anything. Especially if you do it like that, just have some splash up on the backdrop or something, you know, or a oh, flash of light or something. Splash up on the backdrop, or he slits her throat, pulls a lever. The chair usually elongates, stiffens, like the part that you sit on mm-hmm. elongates and becomes one just big long board that connects to the floor, and then the body slides down. Hmm. And that actor gets to take a short ride down like one flight of stairs, obviously a ramp or oh, um, slide, but it's basically they go down a story and then... Um, that's it for them. And what I've noticed a lot blood-wise is usually Sweeney himself has a blood packet hmm. that he opens on his hand oh, or gotcha. on his glove. And so then he has a blood packet on his glove because usually while he's slitting the throat, he's opening the blood packet onto the knife, well, razor as well, yeah. so that when he lifts it up, we see him cleaning it. Yeah. So, because that's another big image in the show is he's constantly like cleaning his razors, yeah, and prepping them for the next kill, and yeah. so. I mean, just imagine being that person that has to slide down the chute. There, it's almost like a trap uh, door in the floor. Fun. It'd be fun. Uh, I don't think I've, I've never done a trap door before. I've never slid through or fallen through the floor. I don't I know if I'd want to though. I did not do one, but I helped with one. Yeah. Um, at College of the Ozarks, when we did Into the Woods, another um, Sondheim show, like Sweeney Todd, um, um, a very good friend of ours, Ariel, played the witch, and she had to disappear through, through the floor. And I remember having to go downstairs because I was Cinderella's father. And I Yeah, because that makes sense. No, just kidding. <laughs> Cinderella's father had to go down and save the witch. I didn't have a lot to do on stage. um, Because he's not necessarily the biggest character in the show. Um, So Hmm. I would, Mr. Young sometimes would make me go down and help Zach and Alex with the trap door. Yeah. Which was in the middle of the orchestra. But that's another story. Never mind. (laughs) Um, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's fascinating to at least have the design, you know, of, of that, of that particular aspect of the show, um, yeah. rather than now, just the I've sets. Also noticed, I just thought of this, 
um, sometimes, especially because the idea that the the pie shop is underneath, it's usually done with a two story set. Oh, oh, oh. The, um, the barber shop is upstairs. So they're really not sliding down underneath the stage. They're sliding just down to the stage floor mm-hmm. backstage. Hmm. So less trap dory, more slidey. McDonald's play place. So. <laughs> they just built a McDonald's play place on the stage. Yeah, everything's colorful and bright. And then you have Ronald McDonald. With Wouldn't that be face. interesting if they did the show with, like, a lots of color? and Because I'm pretty sure, and we can start talking about this too, but, like, isn't By the Sea usually more colorful? Because it's yeah. more dreamy? Yeah, because it's, um, because it is. It's Miss Lovett's dream. It's her fantasy of what she wishes life could be like. It's actually, everyone's just like, that song's not important. And I'm like, ah, actually it is. Because when you find out that Mrs. Lovett lied about his wife because she really wanted Sweeney to herself, that whole fantasy is her motive for that. Yeah. Like, that's truly what she wants. Is she wants to marry Sweeney Todd, live in a cottage by the sea, and... Have Tobias have as a kid. What? Have Tobias as a kid. And have Tobias as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> That's that kid's name. I constantly forget that. Um, <laughs> so, so I mean, we already kind of dabbled in some of the songs. Of course, you know, we've already talked about the Ballad of Sweeney Todd, which is kind of the opener, sung by the ensemble. Um, and then, of course, you have, I feel like another good one. I kind of named, like, the famous ones in a sense, but or like the popular ones, even though if you're you're exactly right. This show is very much operatic, and there really is no dialogue in it. Um, but you know, no place like London. I feel like that's very popular. Um, you know, that's the introduction, pretty much him arriving back to London. Even though he's not very happy about, it. he's like no place like London, but it's very deep and dark and like despairing. <laughs> um, he says that. Sorry, that's a quote. Oh, oh, well, I'm glad I didn't even hear it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, uh, and then the barber and his wife. Um, I'm guessing that I'm not too familiar with that one, but that is that is, one? That's the backstory song. A little bit exposition. Mrs. Lovett, as Sweeney, Mrs. Lovett has suspicions that he's Benjamin Barker, but he tells the story of his life, Sweeney's life, of the barber and his wife and what happened to them, what the judge did and all this. And that's how Mrs. Lovett realizes that that's Benjamin Barker. That's who it truly is. Gotcha. Yeah, some exposition there. Where you talked yeah. about the worst pies in London. Um, you know, great song for exposition of uh, Mrs. Lovett. And uh, kind of her history. Um, and also just really establishing the setting. Because, like, yes, we have no place like London, and we're like, yes, we're in London, and this place is really, really dark. But then she sings about, like, her troubles, and we realize, oh, yeah, this town kind of sucks right now. Like, this is not the typical London. Like, we could see it's not the typical London, but now we're seeing through song that this is not the London as an audience member we would imagine to be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very it's very 
period based, you know, where, you know, where London was, had diseases and, you know, the plague, the the plague, yes. (laughs) Um, but, uh, but yeah, not a very good time. Um, uh, you have the song, my friends, which he's talking about his, his razors, pretty much how they never failed him. Just kind of weird, but. I mean, they're his closest friends. <laughs> what? I'm gonna say yes. Um, <laughs> yes. That yeah, that song's interesting. That is a very interesting song. Um, of course, Joanna or Johanna. Every every time I see the name, I want to say Johanna. <laughs> Johanna. I feel you, Johanna. Uh, of course, that is like the typical male solo to it's sing in an audition. Tenor song for audition. Like every tenor gets up there and she's like, I'm going to sing Joanna. And you're like, please don't. And I'm like, I don't want to hear you feeling about Joanna. Just go it's... away. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like Defying Gravity from Wicked or whatever. Yeah. Um, so anyway, everyone knows the song. It's, it's about the, the guy, what's his name? Um, Anthony? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Anthony. Anthony. Um, uh, talking about his love for Johanna, Joanna, uh, pretty women. Um, what is that song about? I can't remember. Pretty women is when he has his chance with the judge the first time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's coming back to me now. I'm trying to keep the judge distracted so he can cut his throat by talking about pretty women because he knows that's the judge's weakness because the judge did that to his wife. Because he's a jerk! Um, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense now. And then, of course, you know, that moves on. Like we talked about earlier, he didn't kill the judge then, and he's like, I'm angry, blah, 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 I'm gonna start killing everyone. (laughs) And he pretty much sings about that. Uh, and then th- that leads to the epiphany and the little priest at the end of Act yep. 1. Um, which is interesting because By the Sea starts Act 2. Yeah. I think. No. No, 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 it doesn't. Never mind. Uh, um, that, that's that, a lie. That's I just lied. What? I don't know what the song's called, but they, it's the ensemble sings God That's Good. Um, it's the opening of Act 2. Let's see. Oh God, that's good. And then it's jo- Johanna. Yeah. Um, yeah, by the seas, like four, like not not halfway through, but it's just, sort of the end of Act Two. Yeah, and then, but I feel like I feel like Act Two, and you, and it's so funny because when you were explaining it earlier, you know, Act One seemed to like very like flow, and you like, oh yeah, I get this, and then Act Two's all like. What? <laughs> I feel like people get lost in Act Two almost. Yeah, a lot happens in Act Two. It does. It does. But uh, pretty much the two most popular songs in Act Two are "By the Sea" and uh, "Not While I'm Around." Yeah. Which is all about Mrs. Lovett, pretty Don't much. You tell me not, not while, while I'm, I'm around. around. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, two good songs. Um, I feel like I, uh, 
it's funny because I don't usually do this. I mean, there's a couple musicals where I just like randomly start singing, um, but it's it's because they're good. It's not because I'm like making fun. Of them. <laughs> I mean, I'm not making fun of them, but it's like I'm singing them because they're humorous and different. And yeah. it's pretty much all from this show. Like sometimes this I'm just in my show. car. I'm like, There's moments in this show that just stick with me. There are. It's weird, isn't it? Really weird. It's, some of them are like really weird moments. Like, I forget the song's name, but it's um, it's Anthony and Joanna's song. Hmm. And it's like, she's very operatic. And she's like, I'll meet you with you on Tuesday. Like, and... Like, they're scheming how to get away. Yeah. And the part that sticks with me, I don't know why. I don't know why. But, like, she's, like, she introduces herself and then realizes, like, midway through that she's going to run away with him. But she doesn't even know his name. And she's, like, says something about not knowing his name. And he's, like, Anthony. But it's so (laughs) upbeat and, like, happy and it doesn't in the recording of like the orig- of like the cast that it doesn't fit at all. Oh no! And so it's just randomly like someone's like, "What's your name?" And I'm like, "Anthony." <laughs> That's the stuff that sticks with me. <sighs> that um, by the sea sticks with me. Um, different parts of that song. Um, uh. um, not while I'm around. Yeah, nothing's gonna harm you, not while I'm around. Like you just, it's just like there's just something about those particular those particular songs where you just be sitting in your car and you'll just randomly start singing it, but you won't sing the whole song. You'll just sing that portion yep. of it. Joanna yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like like you'll you won't. I don't even think I know the whole song no, of any of these. I feel. <laughs> Joanna. That's it. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, yeah, I mean, the songs are catchy. Another one. Another one is, um, and this one sticks with me. I, the weird stuff sticks with me. Of but course. it's um, in A Little Priest when she's trying to hint to him about, do you know what part I'm talking about? When she's trying to hint to him without saying about killing the men and putting them in the pies. I don't think so. And she's all like, but the price of meat is what it is. When you get it, if you get it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. But you got it. Like, that part gets me too. Yeah, and I mean, there's just good wordplay. Yeah, well, Wordplay and music and, of course, you know, that upbeat. There's a lot of that uh, fast pace in the show as well, which, of course, is a Sondheim thing. Um, yes. But, uh so to to wrap it up, I think we've covered songs pretty well for the last couple minutes here. Let's talk a little bit about the opinions of the movie. You know, Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter. Uh, you already kind of mentioned that you there's an aspect about the movie that you don't like, but you know, what's what's your opinion of the movie? Because obviously, it's a movie musical. Uh, so what what's your thoughts on it? Well, <laughs> well. <laughs> It's not. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid well, saying that I old face hate it. Like wow. I don't. I don't. Well, I don't like it compared to the original work. Mm-hmm. I feel like they've taken a lot of the things that make it genius, and we're just like, 
put it in a picture and then like put it in a picture. make it work and it's like okay like yes and they're obviously very disturbed people and Johnny Depp is a brilliant actor and I think he does the role well I don't think Helena and I love her but I don't think she embodies Mrs. Lovett well. I feel like she plays Mrs. Lovett too sweet mm. and too controlled mm-hmm. question um isn't it fascinating to see to know that Angela Lansbury did this role? And that's the thing is she originated it and she was completely unhinged and like, almost creepily positive as the role. Like you you and can't that's how she, I think the role should be played. And you you have to think about it. This is the woman that played the voice of Mrs. Potts. Well, she played this role before Mrs. Hawk. Well, yeah, but that's, that's what I'm—that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's like some sweet old lady that you were all like, "Oh, like bend down some broomsticks and murder she wrote," and then it's all like, "Sweetie, ta, <laughs> Mrs. Love it." When you get it, when you get it, it's like Angela. This is a side of you I haven't seen before. <laughs> and I just think she's brilliant at it. I mean, fantastic actress. She kills it. She sets the standard of what should be a standard that many actresses like Patti LuPone and Annalie Ashford, who's currently on Broadway now, who's a fantastic character actress. Um, I saw her live in Sunday in the Park with George, and that's another Sweeney, not Sweeney Todd, what am I saying? Another Sweeney Todd. <laughs> um, Uh-oh. Here we go. But I'm not going to go into the full like thing about it, but like she played this dynamic character of playing this in Act 1, she was this young woman in love with an artist. In Act 2, she plays this grandma. Mm. And it's like the characters are supposed to be doubled across from each other. And it's brilliant. But um, now she's playing this. She's playing Mrs. Lovett, who's iconic and a dream role for many an actress. Um, but how in the bottom, Carter, I was just like... I remember... I remember seeing Angel- the clip of Angela Lansbury performing Worst Pies in London. Mm-hmm. And then when I watched the movie, I was looking forward to that number. And then I watched it, and I was like, it was good, but it was boring. Mm. And it was lacking energy, and it was too controlled. And it was dark, don't get me wrong. It was creepy because it was like she was super controlled. But I was like, this is the lady who's crazy in love with him. Yeah. This is the lady who sings By the Sea later, which is a completely ridiculous number that works in the show. And, like, even when she sang that, it was like, oh, this is kind of a sweet love song now. Mm -hmm. Which was unnerving in its own way. Like, it was an interpretation of the character. But it was an interpretation I cared for because I feel like Sweeney is already this dark brooding character, no matter who plays him in the musical or the movie. We don't need Mrs. Lovett to be that too. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like the contrast makes it interesting. The fact that they're a dynamic duo and she's unhinged but in control and he's angry but quiet really works yeah and they were just both in the movie too quiet for me 
Hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. That's my biggest complaint with the movie. And there's there's some things they cut and some things like I didn't like losing the ensemble. Mm-hmm. But that's my biggest thing is and don't get me wrong, like I love Helena Bottom Carter. But I wish what she brought to Harry Potter mm. that she brought that to Miss Lovett. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, yeah that's that my sense, opinion. Because yeah. I know she's capable of doing it. So it's mm. like <clears throat> Yeah. I'm like you pay you played freaking Bellatrix. Like you're capable of this unhinged mm-hmm. crazy character. Um so yeah, that's my personal opinion. I think the movie is a good introduction and a very patty cake introduction version to the musical mm-hmm. because obviously the musical can go way darker. Yeah. Um but I feel like like I feel like it's it's not that I don't want to watch it. It's just I'd rather watch Angela Lansbury. Touche. Touche. Do they have a stage, like a film stage version of her? Yeah, actually, weirdly enough, I think they do now. Oh. Because I was looking on Amazon for, um, I was ordering me a cast album, and it was like, here's some things that we recommend for you. And I saw, of all things, another rabbit trail. I saw Sutton Foster's version of Anything Goes. Oh. Of the Bye. Like, they filmed it, and you're able to buy the stage version. So I immediately was just like, I'm a theater teacher, and I can use this as a teaching material. So I bought it. But then I saw Sweeney Todd as well. I don't think I bought that one. I'm surprised. But, yeah, I'm really surprised, too. But I think I <laughs> you're like, what was I thinking? <laughs> Well, I think I was in education mode, hmm. and I was thinking, yeah, I can't show this to my students. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll buy that another day. Um, but, yeah, I'm pretty sure they do have that now. I'm pretty sure it's like a PBS film version. And, yeah, it's oh, it's so hmm. freaking good. But, um, uh, it's <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. Um, but the movie, yeah, I just, yeah. I'm not against it. I think it is a good homage to the film in the sense that it does tell the story pretty well. I just think you're going to see some very strikingly big differences. And I know every movie adaptation, the musical has that, but I feel like there's some bigger ones in this one compared to others especially when it comes to interpretation of characters yeah so well uh, i agree i agree you know thinking about it and and i haven't seen the movie in forever but you know i think it i think you're right i think it is a very good starting process you know if you want to if you want to watch sweeney todd and you kind of want to you know at least watch it Yeah. yeah at least watch it the film works and then you can kind of expand your mind from there. Um, you know, for the new revival, you know, it's on Broadway right now. And really, you know, for this, I already brought up the Tony Awards performance, which I thought was really good. I watched that at least, um, but I did not watch the Tony Awards. I wish I did. I always usually do, but ever since Hamilton won everything, I've kind of stopped watching it. Uh, now I think that was the last time I watched it was when Hamilton was on there. But, um, 
but what really the main thing that I want to talk about or just get your opinion on for the last couple you know minutes here trying to wrap up is what is your opinion of Josh Groban as Sweeney Todd? So I was skeptical, mm-hmm. but I'll be honest. Um, an actor, fantastic actor named Lynn, Lynn Curlew, um, he, um, he played, um, Sweeney in the original version, I do believe. Um, he actually is currently acting on Blue Bud, Blue Bloods, the TV series. Hmm. Um, he plays the elder officer, police commissioner, the old man, um, not, not Tom Selleck's part. Um, but rabbit trail aside like he he's spectacular but i never i was just like this is a hard role to act mm-hmm. and it's hard to pull it off without coming across as boring or not authentic yeah, yeah. and I think Lynn did a good job. I do believe um, I could be wrong, and if I am wrong, everyone can scream and holler at me. But I do believe in another version, I don't know if it was with Patti LuPone, but in a kind of revivalish version, concert version or something, Mandy Patinkin, Patikin maybe, played him? Mm, okay. I think. I might be getting that confused with Sunday in the Park with George, but I think he played him. Um, and then... He did a good job. And then we have Josh Groban. And I was expecting nothing. <laughs> I was expecting um, great comment of 18-whatever. Um, yeah. The last Broadway show he did. Um, where I was not impressed with his performance. And everyone was ranting and raving. And I was just like, he looks like an idiot goat. Um, wow. And so... I was just like, I'm not that impressed. And I will say, watching the Tony Award performance, let me go back. Um, I watched an interview of him um, talking to people about putting on the show in the honor of Stephen Sondheim and how Stephen approached him to play the role. Hmm. And before he passed away, because this was in works before he passed away. And how he was like, oh, I don't think I'm the right fit. And Steve was like, no, I think you can do it. And he took it on and he's doing, he seems to be doing a good job, like in the clips. And then I saw the Tony Award performance and I actually was kind of impressed. Yeah. I actually was kind of shocked. <laughs> but I guess the bar was low for me. But... Mm. I also watched Jake Gyllenhaal play the lead character in Something in the Park with George, which is another hard, like, very difficult part, and he wowed me. And Josh, I was like, I know you can sing, Josh. Can you act? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would say we all and, know Josh is a fantastic singer. But I kind of believed it. Hmm. Like, the darkness and the anger, like, I was like, okay. I feel like this is a little bit of a different version. Yeah, but not too far away. I feel like there's a little bit more. I'll be honest. I like Lynn Carlew's portrayal, but I felt like he was portraying a zombie. Yeah, and he's the one with Angel Lansbury. And if you watch, he's like very, very stoic the entire time. Yeah, and 
Johnny Depp kind of does that too. But um, I felt like Josh kind of brought some humanity to him, mm-hmm. which maybe I don't dislike. So, I don't know. <laughs> well, so that's my very long answer to your simple question. Yeah, no, I, I, I am fascinated about that because, one, when I watched just the Tony Awards performance, I was like, well, he comes in at the very end and then doesn't really do a lot. You know, they were kind of like... I will say this show is hard to showcase. Yeah, yeah. Which, there's no really... The, the music's all great, but there's no number that's like, this is what the show's about, without yeah. giving everything away. And last time it was done, they did Worst Pies in London, which is the best number to do to showcase the show, in my opinion. But they wanted to showcase Josh Groban. Yeah. And you're not going to showcase Josh Groban in the worst pies in London. Yeah. Well, it's just kind of funny because it's almost like they told him, oh, hey, so the ensemble is going to do that thing. And then you walk on, you sing a little couple notes, you just stand there and sing. And then at the end, you bring out your, your, your blade. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, that's actually in the, in the, um, opening. That is how it goes, except for the blade thing. Um, but he does come in and echo what they're saying. Yeah. Um I'd be very interested to go watch go, it. Yeah, I would I would be very interested to go watch it. And actually I, see him I, act through the I, whole show. I personally love Annalie Ashford and think she's like a comedic genius, but also a very, very talented a- actress. Yeah. And I would love to see her miss love it. Um But yeah, he's doing a really good job. Um Mr. Um Stranger Things actor Gaten Matarazzo. Mm-hmm. He's doing a good job as Toby. Tobias. Um, Tobias, whatever. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you already named her multiple times. You know, the actress who plays Mrs. Lovett, or the actress that yeah. plays Mrs. Lovett. And it seems to be a good performance. Um, so, very interesting to just see Josh Groban as that. And I think when he was announced, I was like, oh. Okay, we'll see what happens. So, uh, wrapping it up, overall rating for the show, scale of one to ten. What's what's your what's your thoughts? Uh, like I said, in just the realm, if I'm rating it in the realm of musical theater, and just how unique, important, and genius it is, I give it an eight. Hmm. Okay. Personally, for me, I love a lot of the music in the show. I'm not a gory person, but I do respect and am drawn to something that is dark, but also funny, but also very life lesson-y, which is not a word that I can't talk right now. Um, I personally give it, because I like a lot of other shows better, I personally give it a six. Okay. Because it's not my favorite musical. Yeah. But it's definitely up there in things that I respect and appreciate and like. It's a show I can't see myself in. Mm-hmm. It's a show I would like to direct, but Lord help me. Um, not with high schoolers, God. Yeah, no, no. Um, no. There's a high school version though. <laughs> oh, I bet. Um, I but, would. Uh... I would give it, 
I, I think I would give it a seven. Yeah. I'd feel pretty strong about a seven overall. Um, it's not bad, not good. I'll watch it, you know, whatever. But it's uh, not something I'm gonna flock to. Like Yeah. Wicked, I'm there. Yeah, Wicked's like a nine, ten tops. Yeah. We probably like, scored that that very way. positive show, but yet very life lessony. Oh, well there there it is again. I don't know. Uh, so like that's what I guess the word I'm looking for is real, and that's a weird hmm. word to use with Sweeney Todd. Yeah. But yet it is. Because it is. as ridiculous as the story is, it's about vengeance. Yeah. And it's about human nature and how a man gets so disgusted with human nature that he decides to take matters into his own hands. Yeah. And chaos mm. and blood ensues. Yeah, yeah. Yes, of course. It is very dark and, de- and a depressing musical. It's not very lighthearted and happy at all. But it is definitely a different, you know, it's definitely a different idea. And it's worth giving it a try at least once. Um, if you have seen it, let us know your thoughts and opinions of it. And if you haven't seen it, let us know if you would give it a chance or tell us why you would never watch it. <laughs> but uh, but thanks for being on the show, uh, Lucas, and being able to do fun. the show. Good conversation. Yeah, it was, yeah, good it was a really deep good conversation. It's, yeah. it's a good a, show. It's just not for everyone. Yeah, a deep, so. dark show. But uh, but no, really, thank you for being on the show, Lucas. Thank you for taking your time to do this. I appreciate it. Um, and uh, what was that? I said, of course, of course. Oh, <laughs> I, I tend to interrupt you sometimes. I try, try not to. But, uh, but, and thank you for listening, you listeners out there. Shows come out every two weeks on Thursday, and you can follow me on Facebook and YouTube. So thanks for listening. Stay safe out there. And remember, you don't care.